Beep. All right. So on today's expose, we are talking Sebastian Hiram Shaw. He's a middle name. Hiram Shaw. <laughs> and he was created by Chris Claremont and John Byrne, not Rose Byrne, who's in this movie, but John Byrne. <laughs> and he first appeared in the Uncanny X-Men number 129 in January 1980. He is from the Hellfire Club. Ooh, we have seen him in, in the cartoon. He, yeah. And he has the power to absorb energy and transform it into his own raw strength. Kind of like absorb it and then repurpose it. He can send it out any way he wants. Yeah, and he was the leader of the New York branch of the Hellfire Club, Secret Society. Secret Society. And he funded um, the Mutant Hunting Sentinel program to keep it under its thumb. So it's almost like he was trying to, like, he wants mutants, but he's also trying to, like, undermine the Sentinel. So he's like, I can keep an eye on it. It was just interesting. But yeah. Yeah. He's, he's kind of an asshat. He's got his hands like in every single pie, whether it's anti-mutant, pro-mutant, whatever. He just wants to be part of everything. <laughs> right. And that's what's interesting about the Hellfire Club, because they always want to get more and more power and, and infiltrate pieces of places of government and anybody that can be influential. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I go. I want to go. Gene. Let's get into it here. So first off, Kevin, I found a little something for you. You know, I'm always Ooh. finding stuff for you day of recording. So I thought it'd be <laughs> fun to go over this real quick. Okay. So on Screen Rant sent today, 10 villains use better in the cartoon than the movies. Mm. What are your theories for who would uh, show up on this list? So probably Apocalypse for sure. Okay. <laughs> would be on the list. <laughs> Um. Uh, what other villains are there? Silver Samurai, maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, let's just say those guys. Okay. So number ten, you got right. I'm just surprised he's number ten. It says Apocalypse is far more foreboding in the cartoon than the movies, which is very true. <laughs> but all the way down to ten, I thought he'd be like a lot higher. Yeah, me too. For me, he'd be number one on my list because he he ain't nothing in X Men right. Apocalypse. <laughs> um, ain't nothing and too short. <laughs> and too short. <laughs> it says number nine. Mystique is much more independent. So that's something that we've touched on a lot. She's always serving someone in the cartoon. Um, number eight. The Sentinels were explored much more thoroughly in the cartoon. Another one yeah. that's only number seven, the Dark Phoenix saga was a masterpiece. So the Dark Phoenix, they put it at number seven. 
<laughs> uh, number six, Emma Frost was far more compelling in the cartoon. Number five, Blob wasn't just a punchline. Tooty fruity. Yeah, okay. Uh, Callisto was a respected mutant leader. Juggernaut had much more depth, which is amazing when you say Juggernaut in the cartoon had more depth than something else. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we got his whole history yeah. in the cartoon. Lady Deathstrike had a personality. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Kelly Who. I know. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> and number one, according to them, was Sabretooth. So the Sabretooth was a true, truly fearsome foe. But I like we liked him in X-Men Origins, so I'm surprised he's their number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. There are lots of people that were lower on that list that should be yeah. higher. And all of these have, like, yeah. a whole paragraph well, yeah, to, like, describe why they put them there. I'm just not reading all that on the show. It's already going to be a long one. <laughs> Yeah, all these movie ones are long because we just have so much to yep. discover and let We're loose. out to discover. All <laughs> right. So on last <laughs> week's question, we asked, who would you want to play Gambit? We got some interesting answers. We got some of the same ones, okay. too. I like that. So Adrian Gonzalez, oh. friend of the pod, who says hi to me sometimes, he chose Jack Rayner. Um, Alan S.T.A. Gein said Chris Pine. Okay. Okay. Chris Dupre Hall said Cheyenne Jackson. <laughs> I really like that one. I think you can <laughs> Get out of here, Cheyenne Jackson. I think there's a, there's old like YouTube videos where there's like a theater talk and they had like the people from Title of the Show and they had Cheyenne Jackson on Je- Cheyenne Jackson on with a puppet and the puppet's like, Get out of here, <laughs> Cheyenne Jackson And I that's what I think okay. when I see his name or hear his name. Uh, Rachel Bobet <laughs> said Dakray Montgomery, who was in um, Stranger Things. Ooh. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, Dog Waffle said maybe Glenn Powell if he can do the accent. He's got the look. Words okay. of the witches, how weird. They made a charmed reference. Huh. Young Greg Vaughn. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did say that. <laughs> Tobias Burning answered it twice. One time he said, Kevin, Kevin should be Gambit. <laughs> oh no. No, okay. we do not want that. And then <laughs> I could cosplay him, but okay. not, I would not be him. No, no. I can um, but he her. his real answer is Chris Pine. So we had two Chris Pines, which is crazy. Oh wow! Uh, we had uh, Donut Devitt said Ryan Reynolds, and then <laughs> Jono Leventia said I always felt Ian Summerholder had the look, but I don't know if he can pull off the accent. But I feel it. And he followed up with It all depends on how they cast everyone else, like in age range. So do you know who Ian Summerholder is? Yes, that's the person I was trying oh, to think of last week. Like, I couldn't. I had a space <laughs> in my head, but I didn't know his name. Yeah, that's the I person. know him mostly from Lost. So now, thank you for bringing the person that awesome. I was thinking. <laughs> Good okay. answers, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Like once he said that's the name, I'm like yeah, okay. that's the one. 
<laughs> All right. So today we're on X Men First Class. This released uh, June third, two thousand eleven. Written by Sheldon Turner and Brian Turn and Brian Singer. Wait till you hear the drama on this one. Directed by Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> so I love that we're doing this the week after mm-hmm. Argyle came out because that's Matthew Vaughn. I saw Argyle. I fucking love that movie, Kevin. It's such a good, stupid, campy, wonderful movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So this one we get James McAvoy as Professor X, Rose Byrne as Moira McTaggart, Michael Fassbender as Nito, Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, January Jones as Emma Frost, Nicholas Holt as Beast, Jason Fleming as Azazel, Zoe Kravitz as Angel Salvador, and many more. Um... So here's where oh. the drama started. So the first script was written by Sheldon Turner. He was writing X-Men Origins Magneto, and he set it between 1939 to 1955. In the early scripts, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were going to be in the movie. So they were going to be, I think, like having a conversation and being kind of like, remember that time we met? Remember that time? So they would have kind of framed the movie in like their conversation. Wow. Um what they were going to do is they were going to make the Nito movie and then they were going to make a young X-Men movie. Maybe I think they were in talks to like make one to go with the new X-Men films, but just have a younger class since they fucked up everybody in X-Men three. Um, things started going wrong because McKellen turned down the Nito solo project. He said he was getting too old. So I remember that. I remember these. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So the origin <laughs> films were scrapped. They got rid of that one in Deadpool at that point. I think Gambit was still on the table. Um, then what they did is they hired Singer back in, Brian Singer, to rework First Class. So they wanted him to take the Nito idea and the Young X-Men idea and work it into one. So I guess what kind of happened is Sheldon Turner was kind of like, dude, you ripped off some of my script. And Brian Singer's like, I assure you, I did not rip <laughs> off some of your script. But... He had to credit Turner in the writing by, I think it was like the Film Association Guild or something. I don't remember what they're called, but Mm. they had to like, yeah. (laughs) So, so you ripped up some of his script. (laughs) uh, Matthew Vaughn came in and he looked at the final script. He had final say, so he just kind of tweaked Brian Singer's idea from there. So there you go. And I do have... I do have some gripes with this film. I won't say whether I love it, hate it, what, but I do have some gripes. So there's one character in particular that infuriates me. Oh my me, gosh. And you'd be yes. surprised who it yes. is. No, you'd Furious. be surprised. You have no idea. Oh. oh, okay. I have no idea. Okay. I think it's, I think okay. it's pretty evident, but okay. That's not something new. All right. Let's but go okay. ahead and get into this. Take us away, daddy-o. <laughs> oh, daddy-o. <laughs> Here it goes. Poland, 1944. We open on an all-too-familiar scene from X-Men with little Eric. Well, you know what's interesting about this scene, actually? It was completely reshot, shot for shot, with new actors. Wow. This is not the scene from the... Yeah, this is not the scene from X-Men, but they looked very closely at that scene um, and then reshot it with new That's crazy. They did a good job. They did. Um, and, you know, if you're just watching it, you wouldn't probably wouldn't even notice. You have to put them side by side, though, mm. um, to get that 
going. But yeah, it's mm. very fascinating. Um, anyway, continuing on. Um, little Eric walking with his family into an internment camp. Eric is separated from his parents. He throws a fit and unlocks his magnetic powers. The guards knock him out just late enough to save the wrought iron fence. Um, and this is where we get the Kevin Bacon in the window that was added. Um, yes. So Eric is taken to the office of a familiar looking Nazi. The Nazi, Klaus Schmidt, tries to get Eric to use his power. When Eric can't do it, his mother is brought in. Oh, so sweet. Sebastian pulls a gun on Eric's mom and demands the coin moved or his mom is shot. He counts to three. Um, Eric can't do it and his mom is shot. Oh, one, two, three. Oh, horrible, horrible. I get so mad. Eric gets angry and unleashes his power, destroying the office. Klaus congratulates him and hands Eric a Nazi <laughs> coin. <laughs> there you go, keep the coin. That I was gonna, you know, just say that you're trying to move. Um, I was just, I was very confused why he attacked everything else in the room but Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I mean, that would be the obvious choice. Go for the thing that <laughs> killed your mom. But yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, at some point, Kevin Bacon's like, okay, really powerful mutant. You may go now. I have no need of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess the whole thing what was it. They wanted to, he just wanted to get more mu mutants or whatever, or eugenics or whatever, or just try to, exploit people's powers or maybe just wanted to know i don't know what his real yeah. goal was but, but i do love that they use this scene because this was seen from michael vaughn and like the producers to be kind of a reboot kind of the start of its own thing that makes reference to the older movies so i like that they use mm -hmm. this as a start and then they like expanded on it to show us this is similar but different <laughs> right it's, it's very yeah. smart at the same moment, oh, what did how how do you feel about this movie? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about my initial response to this movie. I remember, I remember being very upset by the title. Uh, I'm like, why are they calling it first class? This is not the first class. <laughs> um, because X Men First Class was you know our five our core five team. Uh, I'm like, this is is not quite right. Um, in retrospect, it's fine. I get it because of the continuity of the movies. This is like the first formation of the X-Men, sure, whatever. Um, but I remember being very mad about that when I first saw and heard about this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember really enjoying it after I saw it. Uh, I just complained about it a lot for <laughs> okay. certain things, for the title and for other things that we didn't cover yet, but I think I did remember liking it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. There <laughs> were certain things that I didn't like, and there's certain things I had to be okay with, like the first class thing. But then at the same time, since, since the newer movies kind of squandered a lot, they had to do something to like reboot. So I get it. But one thing that they discussed, which I'll, I'll say this now I read that they discussed like putting in mutants that were interesting and different. So I think in a way, X-Men First Class, the movie, which number one is 
the way it got its name is one of the producers was like, hey, this X-Men First Class comic just came out. I like that title. Let's use that. So <laughs> that says something. Um, but, yeah. I was like, um, this is not even close to that comic book. Yeah. Thanks. Um, one thing they <laughs> talked about is adding in mutants that were newer and interesting. Like they wanted different power sets. So we'll kind of talk about how I feel in a way this movie wanted to be a good movie first and an X-Men movie second. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Fine. So back to the show at the same moment, young Charles is also going through a difficult time. He, I meant to say that like ironically, cause like Eric's going through the Nazi camps and like Charles is living in a fucking mansion. <laughs> like, come on. Charles. <laughs> he heard an intruder in the house and came down with a bat to check on it. It's just his mother and she's just getting a snack. <laughs> Charles calls her out for not being mommy. He invades her mind. Mother turns into Raven Darkholm. Charles is S excited. I don't know why I spelled that with an S. <laughs> to find another <laughs> mutant. Charles offers her food and shelter. Yeah, she's like, he's like, oh, I'm your mother. Would you like some hot chocolate? And then Charles is like, my mother is not that loving. You are not that <laughs> 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 yeah, because apparently in the comics she became after she got with um Juggernaut's dad, she became kind of like an alcoholic and was, you know, not involved. So yeah. it makes sense. Um and then she's like, Oh, a mutant girl, let's adopt you as my sister. Well, and Yay. if I remember right, I think didn't um didn't Charles's dad like die under mysterious circumstances and then like what's the name Marco like came mm. in suddenly, so it looked like Marco like caused his death. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, I drink two if I was her. <laughs> right. Fast forward to 1962, Geneva, Switzerland. Eric has grown into a sexy, sexy man with a huge <laughs> penis. <laughs> Absolutely, Michael Fassbender. Or was yeah, it? yeah, Fassbender. Um. Yeah, I remember all of those when that came out. Like, oh yes, he's. It was all the rage. Everyone wanted to look at him and, and congratulate him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but he is very sexy. And I and it's, it's crazy because I can totally see Magneto in him. I can totally see him being a yeah. Magneto too. Um, I'm like, oh, good casting. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Super good. Super fun. Super sexy. He is hunting the Nazi who killed his mom. That's interesting. It's that's the it. fact that it takes place in Geneva, Switzerland, because that's where the Frankenstein story was written by Mary Shelley. I wonder if that's like for a reason. Oh, the birth of Indeed. a monster. I know there's a lot of like there's a lot of Jekyll and Hyde references in this movie. I know yeah. that much. So I researched yeah. Frankenstein a lot for my second book. <laughs> oh, did you watch Pretty Whatever? What is it called? Oh, I love Four Things. It's so good. And last night we saw an early screening of Lisa Frankenstein, and it was so good too. (laughs) You don't know what is that? Was like Lisa Lisa Frank? No, it's a movie about Lisa Frank. No, it's it's about um, Lisa who is in the eighties, and she has a crush on Cole Sprouse from um, Riverdale. He's but he's dead. She. 
I was gonna say okay, sweet okay. life is Andy Cody, but okay. she has a crush on like his bust <laughs> on his grave, and she's like obsessed with him. And one night she wishes he were alive, so lightning hits his grave and he comes alive, but he's like a zombie. It's it's like a comedy, but it's fun. I really like that. I never heard of this. Oh my gosh. You're missing out. I love that. You need to watch the trailer. I love that so much. <laughs> okay. All right. That's cool. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> meanwhile, at Oxford University, England, at a bard near the school, well, bar, uh, Raven watches as Xavier flirts with a girl with different colored eyes. He tells her it's a mutation. <laughs> Raven changes her eye, prompting Xavier to want to leave. Later that night, Mystique is insecure about how she looks. She seeks solace from Xavier. He's kind of a jerk to her. Oh my gosh! Okay, there's yeah, there's Charles is like flirty, flirty. He's like, oh my gosh, you're such a mutation, and then she's like, mutant and proud, and like, yeah, my eyes, and then, um, yeah, Mystique changes her eye color, and she's like, oh, you have it too, and then Charles is like, oh, how dare you yeah. do that on purpose, <laughs> bitch! Like, don't try to steal my girl, <laughs> and then. And then she's like, and she's like, oh, I'm mutant and proud. Oh, she's not even a yeah. mutant. Like, yeah, it's 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 the start of this whole. Um, Mystique goes through a really strong arc in this movie, and uh, this is the start of her. How story. do you feel about the fact that like Xavier and Mystique are like brother and sister? Because we don't really see that at all in the early films. It's, you know, I thought about it too. Like, I I accepted it for this movie. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but it does bother me because then they that there's doesn't seem to be any kind of connection at all in the early films. Like they there's no like sense of a history. It's more like she's doing what she's told. Uh, so yeah. I don't, I, I don't I get I get it. I think in the comics they had her them she sometimes she grew up with him, sometimes they they weren't they married at one point or another in the one comic, I thought. I don't remember. Um, it's weird. <laughs> that is weird. weird versions. <laughs> I, I, I was researching this and there's like these different, you know, some maybe these small contained ones. Um, and it's all contrary and contradictory to each other. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. I've made my peace with it too. And we really don't see Mystique and Xavier like interact that much in the original films anyway, but you're right. She goes from being full of life to like Rebecca Remigen Mystique, who's just kind of like, yes, sir. Okay, sir. I'll do that, sir. <laughs> Eric continues his search for the Nazis. He tortures a man working at a Nazi bank. Oh. The man says Klaus is in Argentina. Eric takes the man's metal tooth and bounces. This is crazy to me, though, because he was, like, offering him, like, this gold. And he's like, this is blood money. Because they melt down the fillings of all the people they killed uh, to make this gold. I'm like, ooh. See, and that was something that's real. They did that. That's They, they took the that was left over after they burned them and made gold out of it and bars out of it. That's creepy. I don't like that at all. That's haunted money. Yeah. It's yeah. Terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, so of course he's gonna be mad. And then he, um, yeah, we get a nice shot of the inside of the man's mouth as though filling flies out of his mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can't touch that button. Cause I got, you got watch on your arm, that metal watch on your arm. Ooh. Ooh. So (laughs) he's like, don't tell anybody I'm coming or I'll kill you. 
All right. Moira is on a CIA stakeout. Her and her partner are watching the Atomic Hotel for signs of the Hellfire Club. They recognize Colonel Hendry, a known ass associate. Moira strips down to match the feminine attire. Good thing she wore that to work. Like, that was some hot lingerie. She's like, I'm just going to wear this. I know. For a reason. I got this. I got this. I had a feeling this would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Moira slips in with a group of girls led by Emma Frost. The girls enter the party room. Moira finds the secluded chamber Hendry and Emma entered is now vacant. She finds a, it says here hidden, but it's a trigger that leads her to a hidden chamber. (laughs) Moira starts snooping. (laughs) I found it. Yeah, she touches the most obvious thing on the table and like, oh, that that must be it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Oh, I have a note here that I forgot to mention. Did you know, this is pretty interesting. That James McAvoy actually shaved his head for the role before he realized that they wanted to keep his hair. Like, no, this is a this is a period piece. So <laughs> he shaved his head and then like, oh, we want you to have hair for this. And so they gave they gave him hair extensions for most of this movie. He's wearing hair extensions. That's hysterical. Oh my god. <laughs> That's dedication. I love that. I, maybe he should have checked yeah. someone first. <laughs> Right, maybe. He's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to be Professor X. I'm going to shave my head. <laughs> Next door, Emma and Sebastian Shaw are interrogating... Is that the word? Interrogating Hendry. <laughs> okay. We get a charmed cameo here. Colonel Hendry played Agent Keys in Charmed Season 7. That's why he was familiar. I couldn't seven. put my hand on it. Finger on it. My whole hand. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, and I didn't notice this stuff until now. And now that I know these characters, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's charmed. Um, I actually, I did the first time I watched this, I did recognize there's another one later on in here. I recognize that one, but yeah, this one, yeah, Agent Keys and Charmed. Okay, so fun. Uh, anyway, when Hendry doesn't play nice, Shaw orders Riptide to blow Hendry in, <laughs> blow Hendry into the wall. <laughs> I wrote it that way on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moira is on the other side of the wall and peeks through to what's going on. Moira sees Emma reveal her diamond form to Hendry. Shaw calls for Azazel, and the two teleport out. Moira makes her escape and calls in what she saw. Hendry is already at the UN meeting trying to redirect missiles as he was instructed by Shaw. So, ooh, he's like, you guys can move these missiles to this place. Uh with no one believing her, Moira tells her partner it's time to find an expert on genetic mutation. Hmm. I watched this uh, YouTube video while I was waiting to record, and it was funny. It pointed out, it's like it's called something like Everything Wrong with uh, X-Men First Class in 8 Minutes. And one of the points okay. that it makes is, okay, so you have this like person who can teleport. He can teleport like big distances like better than nightcrawler if he can go from like you know didn't he go from where were they their cia they were on one side of the states and he teleported to like the other side um right so you have this teleporter you have emma frost who's like a world-renowned telepath but yet you're still going through all this trouble to make Russia and the U.S. bomb each other. You could just go to, yeah. to like the president's office and be like, do this thing. Bye. <laughs> right. I know. Totally. 
they're making a more hubbub out of it out of it than you need to. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that wouldn't make for an interesting movie. But it's just kind of funny to right. think about. Like they set themselves up a little too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah too funny <laughs> um i did think it was funny too because riptide like he's such a little used character like he was one of the marauders put together by gambit when gambit was briefly working for mr sinister before joining the x-men so riptide was one of the um mutants who killed the uh the morlocks the mutant massacre Besides mm. that, he's really not used a whole lot. So it's funny because Riptide was used, if you remember, in X-Men the second X-Men movie. Wolverine with yeah. Emma yeah. Frost. And then he yeah. used in this one with Emma Frost. I know. <laughs> it's, so, it's so crazy. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, did you notice <laughs> there's a bowl of M&Ms in that Hellfire Club? No. <laughs> There's a bowl of M&M's on the table, and in the M&M bowl, there's blue M&M's. And this is important because blue M&M's were not released until 1995. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 like, they didn't have blue M&M's in the 60s. <laughs> you know what happened, though? Um, this timeline got reset by Days <laughs> of Future Past. <laughs> they forgot go. how to make blue M&M's, so they got released in 1985 correctly. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, Xavier takes a teaching gig at Oxford University to lecture on genetic mutation. When him and Raven go to celebrate at a pub, they are followed by Moira. At the bar, Charles chugs chuggly. The crowd cheers him on. He is approached by Moira, who asks to speak with him. Charles invades her mind without permission and agrees to help Moira. He's like, he does it a lot in this movie. <laughs> yep. He's like, hey, you're, you don't have a helmet on. Let me talk. Let me look at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric finds his way to a pub in Villa Gessel, Argentina. He sees Klaus. Chilling with other locals in a picture, in a picture on the wall. <laughs> Eric sits to drink with two ex-Nazis. Yeah, they're like, "Oh ho ho ho, we're so cool. We drink here. We're buddy buddy." And then he's like, "Look at my mark." They're like, "Oh shit, man! Oh shit!" They're like we were <laughs> under orders. Um, he shows his number tattoo, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Oh, I this. Mm. Okay. Yeah. He's like, "We were under orders," and then and then he's like, stabs the guy's hand and the other guy uh he like keeps him away and then the guy at the bartender is like i'm gonna shoot you he's like oh no you're not you're gonna shoot this other guy uh, and then i'm gonna stab you with this thing like it's crazy yeah oh. nito kills the patrons except for what the one he came to find <laughs> when eric get, gets the info he needs he kills the last of the nazis and leaves oh i was like i forgot how kind of brutal this movie was <laughs> Because McNew gets really violent. Yeah. In <laughs> and so. in a cool way, too. Right. And it's weird because I mean, X2 did kind of um, push the boundaries a little bit, too, because they're pretty horrific things, but in like a more PG-13 kind of palatable way. And this kind of does the same stuff. It's not bloody or gory, but there's still a lot of very intense violence is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, Miami, Florida. Sebastian is on a boat with sexy Emma and Riptide. 
They bring back Hendry, who pulls out a grenade and threatens everyone's lives. Shaw explodes the grenade and absorbs its power. He shows Hendry he can redirect energy. He shows his power by blowing Hendry up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this is definitely a variation on Sebastian Shaw. This is making him more into like a bishop character because in the mm. comics, he can only redirect the energy into himself and his physical body. So basically, the more you hit him, the stronger he gets. Whereas Bishop, when you shoot him with energy, he can redirect it out. So that's they kind of taken gotcha. that and, you know, mixed it up for visual cue. I think the visuals of Shaw looks really cool in this, the way like he moves like so fast, apparently sucking the energy, like there's multiple arms and stuff. Like it just looks cool right. the way it does that. Um, and I don't hate this. I was excited to see like Sebastian Shaw bulk up in the movie and like get strong and stuff. But I mean, it works. I don't hate it. He's not the character I have a gripe with. <laughs> He's not the character I have a gripe with either. Okay. I will say this. I wouldn't have chosen Kevin Bacon for Sebastian Shaw, but he did a good job at Sebastian Shaw. Yeah, I think he acted really well. Uh, it, but it does seem like an odd choice. Yeah. Um, you know what would be crazy? What? Like, you know, if, like, you know, X-Men becomes, well, because X-Men's coming to MCU, you know, and then you have, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy is <laughs> go and, like, aren't you Kevin Bacon? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> You look just like the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> right. Kevin Bacon. So that. Mm. <laughs> That'd be really funny. I like that. I mean, it's, tef- it's definitely in there. If they don't take advantage of it, you know, that's their loss. But it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, Moira has brought Charles and Raven to present on Mutation. When the CIA is not buying it, Charles reveals to the men he can read their minds. Look at me, look what I can do. I can see what you had for lunch today, what you want for lunch today. Oh, la la la. <laughs> um, Charles divines from their minds the missiles being relocated to Turkey. When the room breaks out in chaos, Mystique shifts into Striker Senior. Striker Senior. Yep. Come out, come out. Cameo. Cameo. We get some proof that all the strikers in that family were dicks. Um, <laughs> then herself. <laughs> a CIA man in black offers to take Moira, Charles, and Raven to his offsite facility. Outside of the meeting, Xavier freezes time to speak to Moira. He tells her to meet him on the third floor. Moira picks up Xavier, Raven, and the man in black to take them to search intel. She came across on Sebastian Shaw. We may have something a brewing. Oh, we may have something. <laughs> All of these paragraphs are so long. There's so much that happens in this movie, and there's so many like quick scenes. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Eric shows up on Sebastian's fun time yacht, where apparently Sebastian and Emma sit around holding hands while Riptide stares at them. <laughs> <laughs> Emma announces Eric is there to kill Shaw, and she scrambles his mind before turning to Diamond and knocking him into the water. Just then, the U.S. Coast Guard show up to apprehend Shaw. Emma blocks out Charles's probing. Riptide uses sparkle tornado magic to take out all the boats. Nilo then uses his power from the water to destroy Shaw's boat with an anchor. Shaw and Emma clandestinely escape in an underwater sub. Nito uses his power to catch a magnetic lift, but he loses them and is taken into the ship by Xavier. Eric is surprised to find there are other mutants out there. Ooh. What? More than just me and my adopted sister? Yeah. And that girl uh, with the eyes? <laughs> so, and this is the big moment. So this is, in this universe, how Xavier and Magneto first meet. So how do we like this meet cute? Is it worthy? Um, sure. I mean, it, it feels a little um disjointed because it's in the midst of all this action and it's dark and there's water and stuff. So I feel like it could have been more... I don't know cleaner, like a cleaner meeting for at least you know for us to see it. But it, I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah, it's dynamic. Like it's definitely different because yeah. they met like during yeah. wartime. But this is just in a different kind of way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like the visual of Eric like magnetically clinging to the sub through the water, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Skiing, water skiing, <laughs> without skis. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. At a covert CIA research base, Moira pulls up with her posse and their brand new friend, Eric, who they are taking into a CIA facility, even though they don't know him. Scientist <laughs> Hank McCoy. Mm, Hank McCoy shows the new recruits a model of the Blackbird. Xavier accidentally, <laughs> accidentally is like, oh, hey, you're a mutant too. And they're like, I don't want my, my employers to know that. I didn't get around to it. They didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't um, ask, so I didn't tell. But, <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, ooh, don't ask, don't tell. Okay, I get it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, totally out tank as a mutant. Xavier encourages Beast to take off his shoes and show off his hand feet. I'm like, these look looks so gross. I feel bad for like, like making fun of him. I'm like, oh, those, those feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nightmares. Yeah. I really like feel bad for Hank in this movie, though. Everybody picks on him. He's the jubilee of this Me movie. <laughs> oh my, he totally is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never yeah never a bridesmaid <laughs> yeah or never, never oh no sorry never a bride that's what it is sorry <laughs> never a bride always a bridesmaid you're right yeah yeah <laughs> so hank is pretty different in this movie too because his mutant power wasn't only his feet which are definitely like more monstrous here typically they were just bigger they weren't like mutated or but um the fact that he in the comics, part of his mutant 
dumb is like his bulkiness like the fact that he's super strong he has quick reflexes he's got that he's he's supposed supposed to be a thick boy yeah he's supposed to be a thick like bolin from legend of korra boy um yeah and see what's his name again nicholas holt yeah nicholas holt yeah i always thought i always thought he would be so much more appropriate to have played scott summers He's tall. He's slim. I can totally see James Marsden features. Uh, so I don't know why they never made him Scott Summers instead. But that's, whatever. I can't change it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's another one. I I like him more than I like Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Stan. Or Shaw. Sebastian Shaw. I would agree <laughs> but, to that. Um, yeah, he makes Beast work, but I wouldn't have picked him for Beast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Okay. All right. So Emma and Shaw watch the news. Oh. What? I was uh, I was thinking about Shaw being a misogynist. That part over there, where he's like, um, "You look beautiful, Emma Frost. Go fetch me some ice." Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, asshole." <laughs> okay. And I know you already know this. I know you know that. I do not like January Jones as Emma Frost, even though she's not the character I'm referring to that I hate. Um, But let's talk about it. Yeah. So number one, she plays Emma so demurely. Like she has no emotion for a role. She's boring as hell. Yeah. And they didn't write any interesting lines for Emma as it is. So she delivers these boring lines boringly. Like she doesn't bring any flip to it. And the There's thing, nothing for her. The thing I don't like about how Emma's written period in this movie is when I think of Emma in the Hellfire Club, like she is part of leadership. Like she has a seat on the leadership role. Even though she does cow to Sebastian Shaw, he is the leader. He is the one that she's fucking. But she's not his servant. <laughs> she's only his, she only does yeah. stuff for him because he's in charge of the Hellfire Club. <laughs> right. But she will challenge him. She will make her point known. She will she will take charge when she needs to. When when she's passionate about something, um, yeah, she she has no passion whatsoever in this. <laughs> As we saw in just X Men ninety two, like she orchestrated the Dark Phoenix. Like that was her doing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, and I wish what I thought that I would have liked to see is a quick moment, even just a quick blip of Emma taking control of Sebastian and making him do something stupid just to show like, I have power over you. I only serve you because I'm allowing you to, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Don't, don't get too big for your britches. Although that, and and that maybe that, that might've been what made him prompted him to make the helmet to begin with. Cause he didn't want Emma fucking with his mind. Yeah. And this is so, kind of, this is, um, in my opinion, something we see again in X-Men Apocalypse. I'll talk about it again, too. But Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse, when we first see her, she's like an assistant to, I think, Caliban it was or somebody. Right. She's And I'm like, this is one of the world's most powerful telepaths and a ninja. And you have her relegated to secretary? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's my there's my beef with Emma. <laughs> there you go. Um, Emma and Shaw watch the news to see the chaos their actions with the missiles has caused. Shaw reveals a helmet the Russians made him to block the telepaths. 
Shaw sends Emma for ice, which she gets from outside the sub in the freezing Antarctic temperatures. (laughs) So this, like, this scene is very Matthew Vaughn to me. Her going out and getting the ice, like, it was less X-Men, more Matthew Vaughn. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not complaining about it because I love Matthew Vaughn, but it just was kind of random for an X-Men movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that we just go out on the top of this boat where it's, it's stuck in an iceberg and I'm going to use my diamond finger to cut the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. Crazy. <laughs> um, do we like that this is where Magneto's helmet comes from in this? In just the movies, the Russians made it as a gift for Shaw. I mean, I mean, it worked in this movie. It's fine. Um, does it contradict what they said in any of the original movies? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know if they ever say where he got it from in those movies. Yeah, I don't think it does. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I like it as a symbol of, like, this helmet was made for a bad guy. So when Magneto takes the helmet, it's like he's accepting his role as a villain at that point. So I like it as a yeah. symbol. Back at the facility, Raven and Hank bond over feeling different from society. This is my Aladdin moment. <laughs> like, I feel so trapped. <laughs> I don't know. That's what gives me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Raven offers her blood. Oh, <laughs> Raven offers her, her blood to Hank to experiment on. Raven moves in to kiss Hank. But Eric stops her. Cock blocking. Ooh. <laughs> he says he would he would be proud. He says he would be proud to look like her in her natural form. Okay. This is important. Because here we too, this is what's starting to allure um Mystique to Magneto because he loves her as she is as a mutant in her true form. Whereas she was given the shaft by Xavier and some of the interactions with Beast going forward are just very kind of like shameful to her. Um, so I get why she would start having this attraction to Magneto. Yeah, I totally get it. Like the sexy man's telling you like, ew, you look gross when you try to fit in. I want to see you for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, later that night, Eric is about to leave when Charles catches up to him. Charles tells Eric he's needed here. The team can work together to stop Shaw. The next day, the man in black shows Charles the early Cerebro Hank builds. Hank builds. Uh, that totally goes against, yep. like, I made this with my friend Magneto. We did this together. No, it's Hank who knows everything, apparently. Uh, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> as like a little child, teenager. <laughs> and, uh, Eric and Charles offer to help find mutants, but only if they can do it on their own. Hank shows everyone how Cerebro works, because I made it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I made it. <laughs> um, and we get a cameo here. They just love to cameo. Don't worry about us, Stingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. Little Storm. <laughs> There was no storm. There was also a Scott Summers. Oh, I didn't notice the Scott. 
So Storm was kind of they well they zoomed in really close to Storm, so she was right there. But behind Storm on the left side of her was like this guy in sunglasses with like a baseball. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we got a cool character, and we got Scott Summers. Uh, rude. <laughs> oh, all right. We get a montage because even Rocky had a montage of Charles and Eric using Cerebro to locate mutants. Do you know that reference? Was that one lost on you? I don't know that one. That one's from Team America World Police. <laughs> they have a whole song of. Oh my god! We're gonna do a montage. Montage. Oh my god! Rocky had a montage. <laughs> okay. I do remember this. I do remember this. You're welcome. Did they have more than one movie? No, just that one. Okay, then that's the one I saw. I do remember that movie. That was a crazy movie. I love that movie. <laughs> Um, cool. we see a montage of Charles and Eric using Cerebro to locate mutants. They first find Angel Salvador at a strip club, then Darwin driving a cab. They find Alex Summers in self-imposed solitary confinement. Next, they find Banshee flirting badly at an aquarium, and they find a sexy Wolverine at a bar. He tells them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the so, cameo that everybody... Drop their panties over wetness. Oh, I was um, so excited. Everybody laughed at that. It was so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's still so good. Yeah. Um, and I read that the initial line was supposed to be just like, um, fuck off. That's what he was supposed to say. But then he just said that and it was better. Okay. Okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I did find it weird to think that like Professor X and magneto are there to like get angel and they're like basically pay her at a strip bar and then they're like we want you to be our student i don't know it's just it's weird <laughs> it, it was so weird it's like here we are in this private room we're laid in the bed like hey angel <laughs> we want to recruit you and we're just like oh and, then, and there's a deleted scene here where you <laughs> i thought i saw it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the busy scene where he put like Magneto in drag and, and, and looked like like what is this what purpose does this serve? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Professor X made Angel see Eric in drag and they yeah. cut it. It was so good though. <laughs> I mean I would be all about it. it I w- but I would I would love to see like because I don't yeah, her reaction is like uh like yeah what do you want me to do like if this is some kind of kinky thing you're into like... <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. so this is part of why i think this movie is more to be just a movie over an x-men movie this is the most random assortment of characters um it's so random like angel salvador was in new x-men in like 2000 like darwin is actually one of the only characters that maybe should be here have you ever heard of darwin before oh i know darwin oh good good yes i don't know i don't i I don't know his history as much but i do know him yeah so he was in deadly genesis which was a continuation of um what is it second genesis where basically so the original five X-Men went to Krakoa and Krakoa like imprisoned them um, for, I think it's 30th anniversary or 25th. They wrote a story in between Kevin. There's a story in between. It blows my mind. So Ooh. Xavier and Moira went out and found a second team that consisted of Darwin. Um, 
uh, what's his name? Gabriel Summers, um, Vulcan. Okay. Yeah. And some other people, I forget the other people because they weren't important. You'll find out why in a second. They sent this group to Krakoa to save the original five X-Men and Krakoa killed them all. (laughs) (gasps) It killed the second group. And Professor X was so ashamed, he erased it from Moira's mind and he never told the X-Men about it. And then he went out, it was revealed, and got the next team with Storm, Wolverine, Sunfire, all those guys, and sent them. And they were able to send Krakoa into space. What ended up happening, though, is with Darwin's power to survive anywhere, I think, uh, from memory, I think he attached to Gabriel somehow and saved Gabriel's life. So those two survived. Gabriel was taken in by the Shi'ar and experimented on. And Darwin eventually came back because he he can survive anything. So he survived in space. So that's where Darwin comes yeah. from. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So the fact that they used him is crazy to me. They also used Alex Summers, which I've always had a problem with this. This is the 60s. He is Cyclops' slightly older brother in the movies. How old is Cyclops? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially if we saw him... In that vision, they look to be about the same age. Yeah. In that vision, in the cerebro. Um, but, I mean, we do get the two of them together in future movies. Uh, so, there's that. Yeah. But time just gets a little it's, wonky. <laughs> it's, it's, and because it, I was always weird because I'm like, but he's the younger brother. As always, I'm like, he's the younger brother. But you told me that there was something that there were, he was older in some comic book somewhere. In so. Ultimate X-Men, Alex is the older brother. I don't know why they did that. It's always bothered me because I think Alex, most of his character works off the fact that he's Cyclops' younger brother. <laughs> that's part of that's part of his shtick. He feels he's the Chris Hallowell to, to you know, the yeah. younger brother his syndrome. <laughs> oh, by the way, how did you feel about our X-Men Charmed assignments characters? That was kind of fun. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. I thought you had some very good... Um, uh, mashups, <laughs> and I thought it's funny that you didn't realize that you put Scott and Jean as a Pruitt. <laughs> right. Because I was just thinking about the character. I'm like, oh my gosh, they are together. How funny is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so fun. Good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> On the sub, Emma boringly checks in with Azazel. She's <laughs> like, hey. Hey, Azazel. Who's <laughs> it shot you? Did you know? <laughs> did you know that in this uh, Simon Kinberg, who was like a producer on this movie, uh, don't mention him. He said yeah. that. I know. Uh, he said that initially they wanted to make. They were changing history here too. They wanted to make Azazel Mystique's father, but it didn't uh. make it into the movie. I'm glad it didn't because that would have been super weird. Why? Why? Ugh. I don't. There's there's no point in doing that. There's no point in doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, good. Well, that would have been a very weird choice. And it's, and the key is kind of like the makeshift. He's he's so close to Nightcrawler in this movie. So similar. Um, they teleport both. They have to go to the same dimension. He's probably from the Brimstone dimension too, right? Going through there. Um, I don't know. Do you know? Is that right? Or is that wrong? I don't know. <laughs> So it's right, but Kevin, I can't hold it in anymore. Okay. Zazel's the character. 
I hate, hate, hate that Azazel's in this movie. Do I like him as a character? I love him as a character. Do I like his characterization in the movie? It's fine. But why is the Lord of Hell, Azazel is basically Satan in X-Men. Why is he hanging yeah. with Sebastian Shaw? Why is he just like, oh, I'm just going to move over to be with Nito now because I have nowhere to go. Why is he in a movie with Mystique and there's no love story? Why does he have no connection to Nightcrawler? Fuck you people for putting Azazel in this movie and not explaining anything whatsoever. You could have just used the Vanisher. There, I said it. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Because, you're, because, yeah, if he's supposed to be this devil, he's not going to be like some hoodlum like background character that follows the, whatever you tell him to do and be like some, I don't know. He's the people. He's the kind of character that just gets killed at the end because no one cares about him. Yeah. Uh, so it's it is very odd. Yeah. Uh, it infuriates me. Yeah. There was no like respect to his character and using him in this. <laughs> yeah, and then the fact that they wanted to make him Mystique's father makes absolutely no sense. That would even better dramatize him to the max. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that being said, I did like his teleporta- teleporting around and the way he fought things. But yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> I mean, so did Nightcrawler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much, he is the Nightcrawler for this movie. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's just, it is annoying. <laughs> anyway, I have, a, I have a sentence to read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Emma boringly checks in with his say, so. <laughs> she, she visits Shaw to report that she can feel Xavier. Oh. Like his reach is amplified all over my body. Shaw sends Emma to Russia, where he deals with Eric and Charles. At the Washington Monument, Eric and Charles reflect over chess. Oh, always playing chess, see? <laughs> see? See? <laughs> Later in the facilita, the new recruits sit around and choose their nicknames and show off their powers. Meanwhile, in the CIA building, Moira is meeting with the heads of CIA reporting on the Shaw situation. Moira, Eric, and Charles prep to send the kids out. They come back to find the new recruits causing chaos. The adults leave the room disappointed. (laughs) This scene, I don't know. It was odd to me. It, I mean, it's cute and all, but it feels not X-Men. It feels like Breakfast Club. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. And then, like, where are they getting his names from? Out of nowhere. Like, uh, that's what I hate. Like, Mystique gets all the names just perfect on the first try. And I'm like, why would you even think of Mystique under, like, Shifty McShiftser? <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're like, they walk in and like, Oh, here's our names. That's this guy. That's this guy. This guy. Oh, and you guys, um, you're Professor X and Magneto. The perfect names for you. Why? Where did Where did you even get those from? Uh, what is your basis? Yeah. <laughs> and what bothers me here is like, I paid attention to it on my next like mini watch through, but Xavier and Magneto are presented as like pretty much the same age, but they treat Mystique like she's so much younger than xavier like he's an adult and she's a child and even like um darwin darwin looks older than professor x and magneto and why is he acting like a child right here 
Yeah. Yeah. Because how? Because how old is Mystique supposed to be in this? I don't know. They said she She's, even ages at half the differently yeah. time. Yeah. So she should she, actually be older than Xavier. Yeah. Right. And I know they threw it in there to make they threw it into there to make it make sense for the future movies. Mm-hmm. Why she's still so young while Magneto and them are like older, older, but <laughs> but still, it's it's a little interesting. Well, I also like it because it's not too far from the comic that she just doesn't really age because she just can keep shifting her organs and like right. keeping herself right. young. So, so that one makes sense. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 okay. Meanwhile, at the Russian military retreat, Moira, Xavier, Eric, and the new recruits are perturbed to find a Russian blockade that wasn't on the map. Xavier quickly uses his power to shield their presence in the vehicle. Oh, you know what's interesting about this? There's a deleted scene here, too, where he makes it so they don't see it, they see it's empty, but their dog is barking at them because the dog can still sense them. Oh, okay. Nice. And so it's barking and they're like, stupid dog, get out of here, you crazy dog. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with your dog? So it's, it's very fascinating. Yeah. Um, where are we? Anyway, uh, the team arrive at the facility in time to see Emma arriving. No sign of Shaw though. Eric isn't satisfied. He wants to attack Emma. He splits off from the group and uses his power to incapacitate the gods. Xavier goes in after Eric. Charles and Eric burst into the room to find the general bursting at his pants. He thinks he's making love to Emma while she sits there and watch him be an idiot. And then um, <laughs> Emma had him under mind control. Emma sees them. is like, oh, telepaths, I'm going to turn to diamond form. And she tries to run. She's like, you can't read my mind like this. But then Eric traps her in the bed frame with all the metallics. And she's like, time to the bed post. And then um, Emma <laughs> shifts into human form. And Xavier mentally gets Shaw's plan from her. He's like, yeah, she won't turn into diamond again. Yeah, this is kind of weird, too, because they present Emma as being stronger than Xavier for a while. But then suddenly in this scene, like he gets into her mind like real easy. <laughs> Right. Hmm. So throughout the X-Men comics, the original run, there are characters who specifically turned into mutants because of radiation or it's hinted at for some characters. But what I really liked about Ultimate X-Men is it's definitely radiation testing that caused people to turn into mutants. So there's a whole storyline where basically like the... um, it might have been S.H.I.E.L.D. It, I think it was a group was keeping it from people that, like, humans created mutants. <laughs> so, like, this is our fault. We did this. <laughs> oh, my God. It was pretty cool. Like, they knew if it got out, like, it would be a scandal. And it was. <laughs> and so this whole plan to, like, put all these, throw these missiles at people, um, he thinks that it will just make the mutants that are there stronger and kill all the humans. But essentially it could probably just make the whole world mutants. <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, it's probably one of those things where it depends on like how much exposure you get and like at what point you get it. So yeah, I don't know. 
a lot of times, like yeah. I remember specifically, there was one where like the dad worked near a nuclear plant. So like their kid was a mutant because of him. Like he carried the radiation home to his wife and like that was oh, yeah. that line of mutants. So stuff like that mm. happens. Yeah. Meanwhile, the new recruits are playing around at the facilita. Two guards start mocking them. Just then, there's a popping noise in the facility. Azazel is teleporting in and dropping bitches. In comes Shaw through the front door, and Riptide rips apart Cerebro with his power. Shaw's forces easily dispatch the easily dispatchable guards. Enter Shaw to confront the new recruits. He's sad. Charles is a why. Shaw offers membership to the recruits. Angel accepts. As Shaw prepares to leave, Darwin stops him. He wants to join as well. Winky face. But it's a trick. Darwin has Alex attack. Shaw absorbs the energy and uses it to kill Darwin. So this is the one that people get really mad at because how is Darwin dead? How, why would of all the person people who can adapt to survive? Why kill this person? This makes no sense. I was really excited by this because when I first saw this movie, I envisioned it was going to be a trilogy because that's what they were saying, and that Darwin would show up in like the third movie and be like, "I'm not dead, bitches. I adapted. It just took me a while to like rebuild myself, like in the comics." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's stupid yeah. that he dies. He should have adapted to it. It's it pisses off everybody who sees it, I think. So maybe yeah. Deadpool three will um because there is because Matthew Vaughn saw a bunch of footage from Deadpool three and it makes you wonder like, why would he have foot access to that footage unless they're using some of the stuff he shot from first class in the movie? That would be amazing. So that that. That's what we're thinking. So maybe they'll address this Darwin thing and help survive. That would be great. Yeah. Um, if enough people a, don't like it, we saw how they fixed the whole like Deadpool and origins. <laughs> right. Right. So oh, I'm so excited. Um, I have this note here too. Why did he look at the black man when he said enslaved? Thank you. I wrote that too. The camera showing Darwin when Shaw says enslaved shady because yeah it like he says it and then it shows darwin for a while i'm like that wasn't great yeah <laughs> like that's not a good look no. why mm -mm. matthew vaughn yeah. i don't like that no <laughs> um on a lighter note i did find this very sexy when when right after angel walks over to shaw and darwin's like wait he like has to pass by Havoc, and he, like, trails his hand along Havoc's stomach. I was like, that was very sensual. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. going on here? He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, ooh, let me whisper in sweet nothings in your ear, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm glad you noticed the enslaved thing, too, because that, yeah, not great. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. All right, 21. Mm-hmm. Moscow, Russia. Shaw meets with the Russian government to discuss putting the missiles in Cuba. Oh, Cuban Missile Crisis of the 60s. Oh. Yeah. Um, the general isn't happy with the plan, but he is threatened by Shaw and his gang into complying. 
this is, I think this is the same guy we're talking about. I put Secretary of State. I don't know if that's the same person or not. Um, but the Secretary of State is another charmed person, Ludlow. Oh, <laughs> from, I remember him. Ah, from Lost and Bound, who wanted the fire starter. Tyler, the twisted fire starter. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's him. So Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the Charmed people's. It's almost like you know Charmed or something. I know. <laughs> um, Eric, Moira, and Charles show up at the CIA facilitat to find it in ruins. The students refuse to quit. They want revenge for Darwin. Xavier doesn't like it, but he's convinced by Magneto to keep them as long as the kids train. The UN discussed the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> if the Russian ship carrying missiles crosses a certain line, the U.S. will have no choice but to declare war. The Russian general meets with his people. He says, since the U.S. sent ships to stop the Cuban ship, Russia will send ships also as well. Yeah, I didn't quite follow all this. I didn't know how it all worked out. But yeah, something with them crossing some maritime line will mean it's an act of war, so the U.S. will attack. <laughs> yeah. There's a, lo- there's a lot of politics in this. And there's politics in X-Men all the time, but this one seemed especially political to me that I was kind of lost in a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, this one, I can definitely get that whole Matthew Vaughnness behind it. He said he was really excited when they brought this idea to him because he's like, this was a dream for me because I had been wanting to do an X-Men movie. I love the 60s. He loves the whole like spy aspect. So that's why Moira is more of like a CIA agent than like a scientist, which doesn't really match her in X3, does it? (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) so this is, (laughs) this has Matthew Vaughn written all over. He loves like over convoluted, like spy themes. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles shows everyone to his childhood mansion, their new home. Magneto dares Xavier to shoot him so he can prove he can deflect it. Charles refuses. Xavier sets up havoc to practice his power in the bomb shelter. Banshee practices powers on mirrors. Xavier speaks to Hank about animal nature. Alex blows up the bomb shelter and Banshee gets wings from Hank and Charles. Beast takes off his shoes and runs fast. Mystique sees Hank and gets wet. Eric comes and shows Mystique she is wasting energy, constantly hiding herself. I like that scene because he, like, picks up her um, weights and, like, throws it back down on her. And she catches it, but she yeah. loses her concentration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you can work. And it's, pre- it's cool because it's like you could totally be working out more. Um successfully if you're not focused so much on trying to keep this image while you do it yeah you know it's a good point she she has this whole she has this shame about how she looks but she's slowly coming to terms with she doesn't have to where she gets that place in x2 where it's like because we shouldn't have to and i love that (laughs) yeah i do love that they do have a good story for her in this Mm mm-hmm Um, Hank and Charles make a suit for Havoc to focus his power through. Hank finds that Raven ages at half the speed. Banshee gets his scream wings to work. 
To complete the training montage, Xavier dares Eric to move the satellite in the far distance. Charles goes into Eric's mind and unlocks his emotional memories. Eric moves the satellite. But what happened to everyone's TVs? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) My Wi-Fi in the 60s. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's a lot going on in this sequence. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I threw everything Um, into there for you. Yeah, you did. Um, There's a whole scene with... um, Hank um, and Mystique, which is kind of sucky. Uh, yeah. Because he says, like, you know, you, you're, you and me, your you're, blue stuff will never be beautiful to society. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you don't say that to somebody you're trying to impress, man. Like, right. <laughs> like, you just dug yourself in a hole there. Mm hmm. Yeah, that part um, sucked for Mystique. Yeah. So, but I guess it's part of her arc. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of really great character development in this movie. I can say that much. A lot, a lot of really beautiful, you know, emotional places to go with them. Well, and it's, so, it's kind of what Matthew Vaughn said about X-Men The Last Stand, he would have added like 40 minutes to really like pump in the emotions. And we get that in this one. This one's a longer X-Film, but we do get a lot of emotional storytelling in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like, though, that um, it's written in that Xavier is kind of pushing Eric to be better. It's almost like he is the Batman creating the Joker. <laughs> oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I it's a it's a wonderful moment where you get to see he says what between rage and serenity, which um, that's that's a those are both very important emotions, and I get and they do represent kind of duality and balance in and of itself, which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that Magneto has a memory of of his mom and everything. And, he, and the acting here is so beautiful. Um, which is interesting about that though, is that memory was actually from a deleted scene that they were, uh, Magneto like come, he arrives at the airport after coming on a plane and he sees a young boy and the, his mom like in the airport. And he imagines this memory over like superimposing that those people that he sees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I am glad they cut it because then it, it makes the, showing up here more powerful because in this, it's like something that he kind of locked away or like forgot about and it's like coming back, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. It would have taken away from it if we saw it earlier. Yeah. So. Moira calls in the gig. JFK, my fellow Americans, whatever his name is, whatever he says, he's, <laughs> um, is on a TV announcing war. Of the missile crisis. Wait. Oh, sorry. (laughs) JFK is on TV announcing war if the missiles cross the oceanic line. Eric is sure Shaw is behind this war and knows they'll find him in Cuba. In the sub, Shaw proudly watches the JFK announcement. His work is in fruition. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, here's your scene with Hank and Mystique. So Hank shows Mystique that he found a way to mask their X-gene enhancements. They'll still have their powers, but they won't have to use them to suppress their looks. Hank wants to give himself the serum, but Raven refuses to take it. She wants to show her true form going forward. B straight up calls Raven ugly in her blue form. And <laughs> Hank goes into his room and administers the serum. It works briefly before turning him blue and furry, which I love when he changes. It's such like a horror like little scene. It's it's totally Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation. Yeah, it's you know? very like how uh, Sam Raimi did uh, Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah, little bits and bubbles and, zo- and my- macro zoom-ins. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In another room, Eric and Charles play chess. <laughs> Eric announces he plans on killing Shaw. Xavier, oh, this is this. Okay, I love it. Okay, Xavier doesn't like it though. He's like, uh, and he's like, if you kill Shaw, um, you'll never have peace. And then he's like, peace was never an option. Ooh, chills. Um, So yeah, Eric says it's necessary. Eric fears humanity will turn on them after showing their powers the next day. Eric goes back to his room to find Mystique naked in his bed. Oh, yeah. The two kiss, and then Mystique starts walking around naked. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I like you better in your naked blue self, not Rebecca Rumidgen. Because <laughs> that's not your true self. It's your future self. <laughs> she visits Xavier in the kitchen. Mystique is starting to show signs of disillusionment with Xavier. <laughs> <Disillusionment>. <laughs> And, okay, exhibit B, they fucking, Kevin, I forgot about the scene when we were watching the earlier films, Magneto Mystique, they fucking, they fucking. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much confirming it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to know, when does he go from hottie McTotty womanizer to gay queen of the universe? <laughs> True, yeah, because he gets very dramatic in the later <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh we love him <laughs> oh we were just talking about your hair <laughs> we love what you've done with your hair <laughs> what a little bitch <laughs> alright alright uh. alright the next day, Xavier finds the note on Beast's door. It says he's gone to the airbase. Bring the crate marked X. Xavier finds Hank's room in shambles. The team opens the crate to find Hank made them uniforms. So why do we need to bring this box at all? We could just take out the uniforms. At the airbase, Hank, Hank <laughs> enters, revealing his new form. The X team head to Cuba in the Blackbird. I love that. Like, take this big box with everything in there. But he wants to be a secret, a special reveal. It's like, open it up. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> like what I did for you. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Kuban border, the ship with the missiles is 
Three minutes from crossing the line. Oh, no. The U.S. and Russians prepare for war. The ship Aral Sea is ordered to turn around, but is not responding. The Blackbird rushes into the scene. Xavier scans the crew of the Aral Sea. They have been easily dispatched by Shaw's men. As the ship is about to cross the line, Xavier invades the Russian colonel's mind and has him shoot a missile at the Aral Sea, stopping it from crossing the line and stopping the war for now. As Shaw listens into the U.S. last Russian chatter, he realizes Xavier and his team are on the scene. This scene was very much... Like Jean and Lalandra when she took over Lalandra's mind. Yeah, you're right. I was like, ooh, I, know, I recognize this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that like Xavier hasn't even met Shaw at this point. Like they don't even know each other's names, <laughs> really. <laughs> oh my gosh, for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to think to myself, like, oh, yeah, Eric met Shaw just briefly that one time. So there's really not a lot going on between these parties. And you notice what's interesting about him um, when Magneto has this, like, board of, like, people he has needs to kill or whatever, (laughs) like, go after. He has a drawing of Shaw, not a picture, which is probably a drawing he drew himself off of memory. Um it makes you wonder that Shaw probably never took pictures of himself ever because he knew that he aged differently than normal people and it keeps him under the radar. Probably, you're right. Hmm. So, crazy. Did they say that in the movie that he ages differently? You see how he was kind of like an older guy um, hmm. when he was like in the German and then he's like all young and hot and stuff. Uh, I think it's part of him absorbing the energy. When he absorbs powers, it makes him younger. He keeps his youthful okay. um, demeanor from. Yeah, I was just wondering, because I figured that's what it was, but I didn't know if they ever like actually say it, but that makes sense. Yeah. All right. The team can't seem to find Shaw. Xavier surmises he's in a sub. Banshee offers to use his sonic scream to locate the sub. Banshee dramatically flies around before splooshing down into the water. He finds the sub. Nido is able to pull the sub out of the water as Shaw is feeding off of its power. Riptide attacks, causing chaos. The sub blows ashore as the blackbird crash lands on the bitch. Xavier gets everyone up to speed on Shaw's plan to unleash all the energy he got from the sub and start nuclear war. Oh, no. no. The X-Team exit the downed jet and lock into combat with Shaw's forces. Moira desperately tries to contact the U.S. forces to warn them. Nito disrupts the nuclear power on the sub, stopping Shaw from absorbing the power. Angel attacks with her gross puke balls and (laughs) spits at him. (laughs) And it's weird because that is her of her powers in the comics. I'm like, that's so gross. Yeah, That's weird. She's weird. Uh, Anyway, um, she attacks Havoc on a U.S. ship. Banshee and Angel go into a sky battle. And I gotta say, I do love that they gave Banshee his iconic kind of outfit in the yellow and black. That's cool. 
Yeah, it was um, cool seeing him in in live action doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad it doesn't sound like the cartoon. That's really <laughs> nice too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Angel Blast Havoc. Oh, scandaloso. Um, that's weird. <laughs> but it only makes him sexier. I know! It's, it's like, oh, I'm going to blast your chest piece, and now you get a boob window. Look at that. Look at my boob window for the rest of this movie. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Banshee saves him from the ship. Oh, yeah. Uh, Angel. Oh, yeah. Banshee saves Angel, uh, Havoc from the ship. Angel spits on Banshee's flight contraption, breaking it. Havoc blasts Angel out of the sky. Mies, oh yeah, by like slicing her wings, which is pretty cool. Mystique mm-hmm. shifts into Shaw, and her and Beast take out Azazel. So, I was thinking about this. I have one complaint about this scene, and that's Angel. And that's the fact that she so easily betrays her friends. You know what I mean? Like, there's no so sense of her not liking them when she's hanging out with them. And Shaw's like, come join me. And she's like, okay. And now she's like willing to kill them. <laughs> it was so random because there's like no debate over it. No kind of confliction over it. She's just like, she just walks over. I'm like, that sounds good. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then she's like, yeah, I'm fighting with you now. It's, it is so unmotivated. Yeah. But not as bad as when Storm joins Apocalypse later. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love her on TV. She's fighting for the mutant. <laughs> right? <laughs> because the mutants? Sure, I'm free. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a thought. It's going to be fun when we get there. Yeah. You're yeah. going to love me during that one. I'm going to come off as so positive during Apocalypse. <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> Interesting, now that you brought it up. In Apocalypse, we see... Uh, a picture of Angel like dead, you mm-hmm. know, like a like an autopsy photo of her, and it's no. dated. The way the date is on. I what? think you're thinking Days so of Future Past. Sorry, Days of Future Past. Sorry, mm-hmm. Days of Future Past. Yes, you're right. Um, but it's dated a certain time, which makes it puts her death about a week after the events of this movie. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm saving some energy so, for that too because yeah. I have some gripes there, but I'll share when we get there. <laughs> yeah all right i've been saving this great line for you and i'm gonna i'm gonna forget to say it when we finally get to the movie (laughs) i just know it (laughs) all right eric runs into shaw on the down sub eric and shaw start fighting xavier slowly gets access to shaw's distracted mind even through the helmet shaw cradles eric in his arm as he proves stronger Eric uses the distraction to take off Shaw's helmet, which has kind of like it's metal. Can't you take it off anyway? But whatever. <laughs> right? Why yeah. can't, can't just pull it off? Right. <laughs> right. Um, Xavier freezes Shaw in place. Eric puts on the helmet and moves in to kill Shaw. Eric presents the coin Shaw gave him to prove he can move it. He pushes it through Shaw's head, killing him as Xavier feels every moment. Which... I have a question again. <laughs> if Xavier is controlling Sean's mind, couldn't he have like had him move? Like he just sat there, like watched the whole thing happen, experienced it, but couldn't he have done something? Released him? <laughs> he could have done anything. 
He just sat there like a weirdo. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, no! I mean, because it makes a really cool scene. It's really dramatic. And I like the way the camera moves from like Shaw being killed to like Xavier screaming. It's just, it's not explained well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, Charles didn't want him to kill Shaw. Um, for the audience, it's very much poetic justice. So mm-hmm. we love it because it's like, I'm killing you the same way you killed my mother. The one, two, three is exact same way with the coin that you're like, this is totally all kinds of like meaning and, and symbolisms and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is, but yeah, I don't know why if you didn't want him to be dead, that he didn't do anything more, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say here too. Oh, it's just, you know, what's interesting is I think Magneto is absolutely a product of Shaw um, because they do act in similar ways. When you kind of think about the way he moves the missiles, is kind of like how he moves the guns on the police officers, the way he tries to turn everyone into mutants is very much the same kind of thing with this missiles. They want to turn, turn, make the mutants stronger. It's very crazy how similar they are. And just it's, but he's like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point, and I think you're right because a lot of times we hate what we don't like about ourselves. Like, so he's hating that Shaw is like this tyrant, but I think deep down he wants to be that tyrant, and he knows he can be. He's like, yeah, I'm, and that's why he put on he put on the very same helmets that he took from him that he was using. It's like. Yeah, it's like, do I, I want to be you? Do I want to be better than you? You know? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Magneto exits the sub, but Shaw's dead body first. Oh, yeah, floating there. <laughs> Creepy. Weird. I don't need to see this, but okay. <laughs> he calls for a truce between Shaw's forces and Xavier's. He shows them the real enemy is humans. He tells them the humans are preparing to fire on them. Moira runs to contact the ships to stop the attack. No one answers her. She's like, oh, God, dang it all. The U.S. and Russians fire the missiles. Eric easily stops the missiles in place. He turns them on their owners. And they're like, oh, it's been an honor serving you, man. You are great, great, whatever you are, soldiers, whoever. And they're like, we're going to be dead. And then uh, Xavier jumps Eric releasing the hold on the missiles. And they all can explode in the air like, oh, we're safe. (laughs) Xavier regains control, then loses it, then regains it. (laughs) Moira fires on Eric, and he deflects the bullets. But one hits Charles in the back, goes, ah! And then (laughs) the missiles are stopped, but at the cost of Xavier's legs. I can't fit my legs! I can't fit my legs! Nito blames Moira. You did this! And attacks her. But Xavier says, oh, 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 you did this. And then Nito asks Xavier to be by his side. You're my brother. Oh, we're supposed to be doing this together. But Xavier refuses. Oh, I love this. This is a beautiful moment. He says, we want the same things. And he's like, my friend, but that we do not want the same things. Ah, and he tears. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave you there. And then <laughs> Nito leaves with his new brotherhood. Mystique, Riptide, Azazel for some reason, and Angel. 
this, this team will last for ages. A team for the century. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Yes. So I do like this idea that like Magneto is directly responsible for Charles's um, impairment just because it shows like I was reckless. I was thinking about no one but myself and I caused this. I did this to you just like you created me. I created you, but mine is a negative thing because we saw in the X-Men cartoon series also Magneto is responsible but the original comic thing was just really random. Like Xavier goes looking for a person named Lucifer. <laughs> I'm like, I've never once met somebody named Lucifer, <laughs> a villain named Lucifer. And there's like a cave in and that's what causes his legs to get hurt. So I'm like, this is so much better when Magneto's responsible. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It adds a cool dynamic to their relationship even more so. Yeah. The X-Men return to the manor. Moira pushes Charles as she asks about his intentions for the skill. Moira half-heartedly names the team. <laughs> the G-Men? They should be the X-Men! <laughs> <laughs> Charles asks Moira to hide their location. Anonym- anonymity is their biggest strength. Charles kisses Moira and wipes her memory. As the CIA interrogate Moira, Eric shows up in full garb and frees Emma. He invites her to join their little team. This is going to have huge what's the word? Repercussions. Consequences. Consequences. Yeah, so totally factor in. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel Matthew Vaughn probably had like an idea for where the story was going to go. And then he's not involved in the next one. So it feels like nothing gelled. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I, I've tried to think this whole thing with more writing. She's like, oh, I won't tell. I won't tell anybody if they, they can do what they want to me. I won't say a thing. Kiss, swipe your memory. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> She's like, I re-, and then she goes, I remember this. Yeah. And then nothing. And then I remember this. And then like, oh, like, oh, great. He wiped your memory. This is why we don't have a, that's why we don't have women in the CIA. I'm like, bitch. Right? <laughs> like, Jeez. I'm like, how rude. Um, I did see a deleted scene too with Charles and Moira like in a room talking and then they, he goes in for a kiss. So that would have made the scene a little less random. Because, like, we sense there's something between them throughout the movie, but, like, he just kisses her. <laughs> yeah, and then when she goes, it's like, it's like, I have fragments of memories, this and that, I kiss, and they go, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, man. So, uh, a couple things about this movie. So, Vaughn originally wanted there to be a love triangle between Xavier, Moira, and Eric. And they're like, no. <laughs> the studio said, no, that's too much. We don't need that. Which I don't think we do either. That would have been weird. We don't need that. No. Especially since he's already hitting on, he's already fucking Mystique. Like, yeah. There's enough of a triangle with that, with her, you know, because she's trying to decide who she wants to be allied with. So, mm-hmm. maybe we got that. 
And I think that would have just relegated Moira to just like another woman. Whereas in this, she stands on her own. Like she is her own person. Like she doesn't need a man necessarily to be important to the story. So yeah, I'm glad we didn't go that route. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, let's see. He also, Matthew Vaughn actually cut Sunspot from this, the script. So we would have gotten Sunspot, but he felt like it was too many characters and he felt like he didn't have the time or the money to develop Sunspot. So that's probably for the best, even though I love Sunspot. Yeah. Yeah. And we got him later. We got him in a later live action, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Aiden Kanto. Hmm. Um, there was also, like, a rotating room fight dream scene. I think it would have probably been... There's a moment where, like, we go into Emma's eye. Like, I think it's when oh. Charles is starting to read her memory. I imagine it would have been there. Because it was, like, a mm. psychic battle in, like, a rotating room. But then, I guess, um, uh, Inception had just come out right before they were going to make this. And they're like, nope, we can't do it now. Inception did it. And Inception probably did it better than they could have. <laughs> right. So, but they yeah. could have seen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, just some little pointers. I didn't find a whole lot of notes on yeah. this one, probably because there wasn't a lot that went wrong. <laughs> right. There's no Stan Lee cameo in this movie. Yeah, in the last two, because he couldn't make Origins either. Yeah. Interesting. So. Not even Stan Lee wants to be in these movies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm not. But I am. All yeah. right. So uh, tell us what you thought and then your rating. A Britishly bitchin' like Emma, pretty cool like Iceman, Australian Wolverine, kind of love it, kind of hate it. Fat and sweaty like Jubilee, unspeakable like X-Men Origins Deadpool. Um, see, I didn't do any of these things. I was trying to figure, I think I settled on one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I liked it better than or worse than I the first time I saw it. Because I don't know if I... I think I like it worse than the last time I saw it. Wow. <laughs> um, but I still, I mean, not that I think it's a bad movie because I still really enjoy it, but I, it was, I guess the, the subject matter wasn't as interesting to me as I thought it was. I think cause I was, it was very much into that political stuff and um, I don't know. The teen stuff was fine, but annoying to me. Cause I think it was just, I don't know. So there's parts of it I didn't like, but there's also like the whole emotional emotionality of this is the strongest points for me. And I like seeing all those stuff. Um, the action in this movie is fantastic. Everybody was really on their game and really committed to being there in the moment and to these characters. That's great. Um, I think I'm going to give it a pretty cool. Pretty cool. Like I said, okay. Okay. Okay, girl. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, when I think about this movie, I have to think about it in a couple ways. Because, like, in X-Men lore and, like, com comic continuity, like, it doesn't do a lot. Like, this is not how the comics yeah. go. Uh, when it comes to the movie continuity, even that's a little skewed because of, you know, <laughs> the X-Men movies as a total. But, like, entertainment-wise, 
I have a lot of fun in this movie. I think it moves well. The story's fun. The characters are, for the most part, well used. My biggest complaint is, like, two things. This is when I realized I hate that the villains are underused in the X-Men movies. Because Azazel literally doesn't talk in this movie, and neither does Riptide. Like, there's no thoughts Blah, a big blah. Yeah, she's a blah. So there's that. And then the reason why I think this movie is for first and foremost an entertaining movie is because I don't think they took a lot of care in putting together these groups of characters. Like we said, they're all just from different time periods in X-Men, all from different teams. Like even if they took out Riptide and Azazel and put other people in the Hellfire Club, it would have made more sense because... The- they're a group you know (laughs) i know they can't like straight up do an x team for this one because there's not really an x team earlier than the original five and then they already used most of the original five in later films so i get that it's going to be a random assortment but like they went random but yeah Yeah, out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i also gave it pretty cool like iceman um, I think it's better than X1. I don't think it's as good as X2, but this is definitely where I started having hope for the X-Men movies again. Like, I thought they were on a better track again. <laughs> yeah. For me, because I, I, I still don't like it better than X-Men 1, just because I, <laughs> I have such a, a, a good feeling. And I think it's co- more cohesive. Um, but I do like the the way they did the action, and I do like the you know, the really great scenes that we do get in the acting in it. Um, so right now they're kind of on par. Like they're both, both of them are pretty cool for me, but I still think X-Men's a little bit higher up on my list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who would you say is the MXP? I was debating between two people. I don't know if I made a decision yet. Okay. How do I, how do I decide? I mean, this is essentially a Magneto movie. I think this is, you know, this came from like the Magneto Origins movie. So a lot of this does center around him. I think his discovery of a lot of things and his revenge and his finding his current place status quo. Uh, But I also think it's very much Mystique movie, as we talked about, and finding her place. I'm good. How do I decide? <laughs> I don't know which one I like more. It's between those two. I I'm tempted to say Mystique just because I feel like I like, I feel like her arc is a healthier arc, but I do feel like the movie was more a Magneto movie. Okay. Um, I see both of your M's and I raise you a third M. I'm giving it to Moira McTaggart. And the reason I'm giving it to her is, like, she's the one who caught on to Shaw's plan. She's the one who sought out Charles. She's the one who, without her, the missiles would have hit the ships. So, like, I enjoy that she went into mission mode and just start firing on Magneto. Like, she cares about him, but had she not fired at him, she wouldn't have saved the day. And even though it was at risk to Charles, I don't think she would have not done it. Like she's just that kind of person. She's a hero. Yeah, yeah, and we love Rose Byrne. She's so good yes. at everything she does. I remember it took me a moment, but I was like, I sat down one day. I was like, Oh my god, 
Rose Byrne is the mom in Insidious. She's the bitchy woman in Bridesmaids, and she's Moira. Like, <laughs> is there nothing she can't yeah. do? Like, those are three very different characters. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, she's so good, and she's so pretty, and uh, yeah, I really like her. <laughs> yeah. All right. What would you say is the X factor? So either like favorite moment in the movie or something that connects this or represents the X-Men universe as a whole. I don't know what to pick for this. Um, I guess my favorite part <laughs> you know what? I, well, I, I talked about why I love. I love Magneto and Mystique stuff. Uh, but I like. I do like the seedlings, the inklings of the things that they threw in there that do have consequences further along, along the line of this movie and have connections to the original ones. Um, I want it. Part of me wants to say Havoc. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I think he's super sexy, and I like. I like seeing him. I, it's weird. I can totally see him as a Summer's brother. He has some Cyclops qualities in him, but also, like, I think even more angst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's very, he's very alone, much a lone wolf. But he's like, I'm gonna play nice with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of, my, I'm afraid of my powers. What they can do? Better put me in that bomb shelter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say. Havoc, just because I know we get some brother bonding later on. And that's that's, that's the start of it. Okay. <laughs> um, also, that fuck you, fuck, um, go fuck yourself scene. Yeah, the Wolverine <laughs> scene, that was great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I like how they represented the randomness of an X team. Like, because basically both these teams are just thrown together. Like they're just people thrown together (laughs) and they have to learn to work together, which is a huge theme. But not only that, like it did a good job of showing how like tenuous that line is between good and bad mutant. Like Eric and Nita were friends and Mystique shows us like, it's just every mutant is one push away from joining one or the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or one or one sentence that says join us. Yeah. Cause all Eric <laughs> did was show that he appreciates Mystique for who she is. That's the only thing that Charles couldn't give Mystique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also like the way Angel walked over. No no reason. You no know, reason. Like... yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> he seems strong. <laughs> I'll kill everybody in this room for you. <laughs> What? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So speaking of previously on, who are you most excited to see in live action? Darwin, Banshee, Havoc, or Angel Salvador? Oh, I kind of already said mine. (laughs) Yeah, you did. You said Havoc. (laughs) I did. Yeah. I didn't know this was coming up. So I'm like, (laughs) who do you think mine is? Who do I think yours is? You said it was... Uh, Darwin, Angel, Salvador, or Havoc? Yeah, Darwin, Banshee, Havoc, or Angel? I'm going to say... Banshee? 
It was Darwin. I love Darwin. I've loved him ever okay. since he got introduced. I love Darwin. <laughs> okay. I was I was maybe between those two. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, Darwin's great. I was excited to see Havoc. His powers just work so differently than I imagined them in the movie. Because they always come from his hands in the comic. But in this, it's like from his yeah. chest. And it's, it's, it's swirly swirls. It's like hula um, hoops. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So next up, we are going to review the Wolverine. And Kevin has a guest for us. Yes, yes, yes. I've been in talks. I've been in talks. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Well, where can the people <laughs> find you? Yes, you can follow my personal Instagram, KJEEZY87, or follow the other podcasts that we do, Words of the Witches. I just put out a bonus episode talking about the current charmed drama that's everywhere. It's a mess, it's fine. I just carry on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a bonus episode about that. And, yeah, I guess that's all I got. <laughs> okay. You can find me on Sean Pret S-H-A-W-N-P-O-R-R-E-T-T, on Instagram. And that's the link to all our stuff, all my projects. Thank you for listening, Sexy Xies. We'll see you next week for the Wolverine, bub. I'm the best version of what I bub. do, bub. Bob, 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 bob. <laughs>